0: Oh, fuck.
1: And now for a spot of light banter.
0: Can't fucking believe I just, just light All right, all right, shut the fuck up. I'm doing the intro now. Shut up. Shut it. Here it goes. Shut it.
2: This podcast is all about talking about the questions that we all have in relation to Christian life in the world. After, um, put a camel through a needle or something mm-hmm. then we have to you know face like, persecution like wear a mask <laughs>
0: know, uh, but a hot
2: take hot take <laughs> i'm a normal dude george is a presbyterian pastor this right is not for homeschool johnny
0: all right cool kids bible study coming at you with episode 20 that's two oh cool kids the 20th episode. We made it. That's two times 10 or 20 times one. <laughs> We're in the big leagues with uh me, Cole Sterling Toshian speaking,
2: uh, my ever intrepid co-host, Reverend George Erlinson with me Hello. as well. George. Hello, everyone. Hello. How Hello. goes it? Goes well. It was pretty hilarious seeing you flub the intro. That was great. You know what? <laughs> yeah, I hope you leave that I'm in not- the final cut. That was great.
0: Uh, you know, I'm not a perfect man. Sometimes, uh, you know, the soundboard, I hit the wrong button. I'm colorblind. <laughs> so a lot of these so really, are the same color. I'm being pretty ableist by.
2: Uh, ableist
0: by... AF. Yeah. Yeah. I you apologize. know, like. So, so my sister is a social worker. Uh, and in her, <laughs> one of her classes, they were teaching about, like, you know, uh, inclusivity for the disabled. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the sections was on like inclusive color schemes. Oh yeah. So that you don't confuse the colorblind. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I'm all for like, you know, uh, providing for the differently abled. I think that's really noble, but I mean, it's gotten all the way to colorblindness. And I mean, we're in a country where red means stop and green means go. And most people, people who are colorblind or red, green, colorblind. Right. So I feel like we should probably focus our attention there if if we're
2: gonna address it. <laughs>
0: Could you, know, you that's imagine? probably a big one.
2: That would be that would be crazy, I think, to change like it, I don't know how the people would deal with that. <laughs> wouldn't it freak people out? Uh, yeah, I mean, it would. What what do other countries use? Isn't it, it I think it's like green and blue or blue and red, right? Or something like that. I can't remember. I th- I mean most countries use red and green.
0: Um, but like... Yeah, yeah,
2: they use blue generally
0: instead of if they're gonna change it, they'll use blue instead of green. Okay, because like if you've
2: ever played like colorblind mode in a video game, I have. Um, I'm 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 perfectly able, so why <laughs> handicap myself? Okay, well, for
0: anyone who has uh, played with flicking on or off colorblind mode, usually if it's if colorblind mode is gonna distinguish between two teams or two factions in a game it'll just go with like blue and orange because no matter what type of colorblindness you have, I have Deuteranopia in case any listeners are curious. Um, you can distinguish blue from orange. So yeah. Do I even cue light banter? I guess I've already cu- cu- cued it. We're yeah, light y- banter. Yeah,
2: you, you cued it at the beginning. So wait, what, <laughs> you know, why not just get right into it? You know, we're already in it.
0: Yeah. Wait, maybe we just replace the intro with light banter. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: Okay, yeah. So I got my sister in town. That's fun. That is fun. Yeah. We're recording yeah. a little later tonight. I assume you guys had some fun earlier. Had some beers. Had some tacos. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and she's uh Yeah,
0: she's moving to the Charlotte area, which is really? cool. So we're yeah, we've been house hunting. Oh. All right. Cool. But yeah, I don't know, I've been keeping trying to like keep myself entertained, have a good time. Sure. Like, I don't know, dude, these realtors are like, I like fucking with realtors. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) They're this close to being real people, but they're just not quite there. (laughs) You know, they're just impossibly cheery. They don't have a real personality. They don't have real ideas or thoughts. They're very manicured, groomed.
2: I'll say I I think they're better than car salesmen. I'll they take, are, they are, yeah. I'll take and, anyone look, over car salesmen. They have a very hard job. I'm not going to, you
0: know, disparage them too much. But it is funny when you try to put them in uncomfortable positions. They have no idea what to do. They're like, do I uh, do I, do I, go along with it? Do I? <laughs> I mean, my, when I got to a certain point of boredom today, I just decided to start <laughs> demanding that the realtor reveal to us whether or not a sex swing has ever been mounted in the master bedroom. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and i was like now and, and the, the the way to do this if you ever want to have fun with a realtor is make it as matter of fact as possible mm. right just be like now all right look the obviously the place the layout beautiful brick construction you know you're gonna save on utilities uh the ma- the master bedroom's gorgeous i just you know i have to ask and you know i know this is one of those things where legally you have to disclose was there ever a sex swing mounted in the master bed?
1: <laughs> and then you have to
0: keep the straight face. This is the challenging part, right? and you have
1: to just keep that mm, that inquisitive. Mm, was mm, was there was there ever? Mm? You know, because I noticed the carpet was a little discolored in that, and I noticed that it was under a load bearing beam.
0: <laughs> that there were some stains. So I, again, <laughs> hey, beam. I just if I'm gonna put the money down. Clara, I have to I, have I to need know. to know
2: if autoerotic asphyxiation I, 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 was practiced in this household. I have to
0: know, yeah. And, <laughs> and not to be a stickler, but legally, you have to tell me whether or not a sex wing was mounted in this room. <laughs> <laughs> now, the first realtor you do this to with my sister, it's funny, right? Right. The third time you do this to a realtor with my sister... <laughs> oh, you haven't lived. Because <laughs> in the windup, she sees it coming, and she's like, "The first time, she's like, oh, I can't believe my brother just did that. Honestly, I can't believe it. he's twenty nine years old. I can't believe." It. <laughs> the second time, she's like, "Okay, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, he did it again. Wow." <laughs> the third time, she's like, it, "Living some sort of dystopian nightmare." <laughs> where she's having trouble coming to grips with the fact that her blood relative has just asked a sex swing question to a realtor three times. In the same. <laughs>
2: <day>. <laughs> so it's fun, right? Obviously, it's like a bit the of same, perf- the same realtor every time, right? That's how this works best. Different realtors. You- oh, different realtors. Different- open houses. Oh, open houses. okay. All right, uh, I thought you were working with open one agent. Houses. Ah, no. Okay.
0: Same realtor, you don't have the, the same effect. Um, they just... Because they they, like, then they catch ax... on that it's a joke, and right, then they try yeah. joking back with you, and that is the most nauseating of all. <laughs> um, I don't want a real human interaction with this person. I want to bring performance art into my daily life. Right, yes. So You're avant-garde yeah. that way. Yeah, I... I... Uh, yeah, I'd say I'm pretty avant-garde. <laughs> I haven't been guard in, like, so much tone. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah uh anyway so i recommend that you guys do that if anyone out there is like at an open house and you're like really bored and you're like "Ugh, i'm here against my volition really i mean i'm here to support someone who's looking for a house right but don't do it if you're the one looking for the house what you want to do is ask this question and then never interact with the person again so that right. That interaction just spins around in their conscious for, for their whole life, days and days and days. Yeah, they, they never <laughs> they're going to they really... remember it. <laughs> oh, they're going to remember it, and they're yeah. never going to figure it out. Because <laughs> if you have an ongoing relationship with the same person, they're they're like, oh, he makes a lot of jokes. He's a funny guy, but no, you make what you say. What this is all you say to the person, by the way. You do not. You don't even. You don't say hello. You don't say goodbye. Okay, and then you disappear
1: mm.
0: like a vapor.
1: Okay, You're gone.
0: Yeah, Sayonara, adios. And then that's stuck in the person's head. And this is just a fun little thing you can do to just have a good time. Sure, yeah. It's really beautiful, and it brings a performative element into your day-to-day existence, and I recommend it highly.
2: Yeah, would you recommend improv camp as well, or do you think you can do this with a little... Because I, I know you did no. years of improv camp, so I just want to see. No, 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 no. Okay. Listen, it could be a. It could be you have
0: to disclose if there was a sex swing in this room. I mean, the classic is you have to disclose if there was a murder. But you know right. that they actually do have to disclose. I found out. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So. So George, another yes. another quick housekeeping. Yes. Oh. Very good. We're gonna do. We're gonna do. I'm announcing it here now. One week from today, we're gonna do an
2: in-person Cool Kids Bible Study podcast for oh, the yes. first time ever. Yeah. No longer separated by hundreds of miles, we will be in the same room. At the same in Georgia shithole apartment. In my shithole apartment.
0: Yeah, yeah. That PCUSA money is just not coming in like it should. <laughs> huh? Is it all on the pension? What about the Navy? Did they pay you?
2: Uh, not a lot. It's only part time. But
0: they do. You do get a a
2: check from. Uncle I did. I'm 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 a veteran now, Cole. This is Memorial not, Falling, Memorial a, Day weekend, and I am a officially a veteran. So everyone, you can post your. You comments. You are not a veteran. <laughs> you guys can post your comments on our uh, on our page and thank me for my service. I'd appreciate hold that. On. Hold on, hold on. You are a part time navy reserve chaplain i was i was a part-time navy reserve chaplain i got my honorable
0: discharge do you get like the the insurance well i guess the church pays for your insurance but like do you get discount
2: on auto insurance i do for like veteran status yeah if i want to i honestly don't apply for a lot of that stuff but i could if i want to use it you know you get 10 percent off at Lowe's. funnily enough that's the only one i signed up for (laughs) <laughs> do you do that? Yeah. Well, I did it back when I was in the in the navy. Uh, I did it because I was buying stuff for my apartment, and all I had to do was show them my ID. So I was like, "Oh, that's easy." That so. is hilarious, dude. Do people ever ask you questions? What do you mean? Like, where did you deploy, or like, have you ever killed a man? No one's ever asked me if I've killed a man. Uh, if they you, ask you me, know, where I you deployed, have to I disclose no. if you've killed a man. I just tell them where I do my reserve duty at. So, you know Rhode Island or, but you get the veteran perks. Yeah, yeah. Yikes!
1: This country's so fucked up.
2: I mean, that's pretty normal.
0: It's not like I mean, I guess it is. It does make sense, but I don't know. When you get a veteran discount, if I gave, let's see, I used to run a business, right? Right. Until it failed, and then two others that I founded failed. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) If I was selling you a product and giving you a veteran discount, I'm thinking of a dude who's like, I don't know, ducking under sniper fire, right? shooting down an enemy helicopter, you know, not a guy who like did some pushups in New Jersey and what, what, hold on. What did you actually do? I don't even know. I never asked. I was so pissed off when you joined the Navy that I never even bothered to ask.
2: <laughs> I, I went which- through officer training in rhode island and then i did uh i spent a little bit of time not enough to i would say to count and i don't really count it as such but i spent some time on the the teddy roosevelt on the aircraft carrier and then i spent most of my time going to fort dix in new jersey to do my reserve duty with marines so most of the time as a chaplain you just cover for other people so cover like what like so for there's chaplains on base right and uh if you are coming in for the weekend your drill or what you do is you first day you have to just kind of sit around and do these stupid training videos because the military has tons of those and then you do a service or or something on sunday um or saturday night which is what i i got lucky about i got to do most of my stuff on saturday But regardless, that I mean, like you know, I and the military will tell this to their officers at least. I don't know what they tell the enlisted. But when you go through officer candidate school or indoctrination or whatever, they tell you you're not supposed to take any benefits or ask for them. If if someone offers them, if they're like clearly posted, then you can take it. But you can't just go up to like a Walmart cashier and be like, "Do you have a veterans discount?" Like you're not supposed to or a military discount. You're not supposed to do that. And if anyone offers you a seat on a plane, you know, some people will be like, oh, here's my first class ticket or whatever. You're supposed to always turn it down. So, huh. Yeah. Interesting. So there I never have. ask unless it's posted. Um, and I never take the spots at Lowe's. Every Lowe's has like a uh, veterans park here thing. And I never do that. So. Yeah, I noticed that veterans never take those. no because like i've
0: seen cars park that have a sticker on the back that says like semper fi right park like next to or across from like a veteran parking because they're like i don't need that shit you know yeah
2: yeah um so and if you only think that people in the military it's like i mean it'd be good for business if you were like only combat veterans can get discount because like that would exclude like all of the military almost because almost no one sees combat no matter what their role is. Especially so. up until two thousand one, right? I yeah. mean Yeah, I mean most yeah you know, unless There's you a... were unless you were doing something very specific, you were never really you know. I mean most most deaths in the military for a long time, I'm and this is still the case. I mean it's not the case, definitely, but we're training deaths, you know. Mm. So, but whatever, we're not here to talk about the military, even though it's Memorial Day. And, uh, yeah. Well, look, uh, Memorial Day,
0: yeah, uh, quickly, we should say, um, obviously, in, in this period of time, we should have the families, uh, who lost sons and daughters in there i'm not gonna make a joke
2: today. you look like you i'm not classic gonna you. A classic you no no please Cole dude Fish. i'm not gonna make a no joke. please please be very patriotic it, it's really in your character what? No, no. no what the fuck dude okay no sh- shut up
0: shut up shut up okay pastor just yeah look no in this period of time memorial day we should <laughs> i can't you know what you know what, you have deprived our listeners of a heartfelt message. Whatever, I'm a veteran, okay? so who cares? You oh, uh, you're something. Alright. <laughs> you know what? Deep it's just just do the deep dive and we talk about the, the Noah's Ark and then we'll answer some questions. Alright, so here.
2: George's deep dive. It's so deep! Uh, and And this is a this is deep dive on uh, Noah's Ark. And I believe the title for this episode, Cole, is uh, No Ark, no God. Is that correct?
0: Mm, that is correct. No yeah. Ark, no God.
2: And luckily, um, we have a, a new thing that's happening for our deep dive. And this is you know we really went all out for our listeners this week because we actually brought in Ken Ham from Answers in Genesis. And, uh, and, and he uh, is going to just uh, talk with us a little bit um, about it. And so, uh, Ken, what are your thoughts on Genesis 1 through 11? It's wonderful to have you in the studio, by the way.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, well, I'd like to say first off that Genesis 1 through 11 is foundational to the gospel and the ideas of evolution, and millions of years do massive damage to the truth and authority of that foundation in this 500th anniversary year of martin luther nailing the 95 theses on the door of the wittenberg church i and my fellow staff at answers in genesis stand with luther in saying our consciences are captive to the word of god unless we are persuaded from the scriptures that we are wrong we will not recant our teaching and defense of young earth creation which historically is the biblically orthodox faith
2: of the church. Oh, thank you Ken. That was a lot. I mean like you really you really took that question and ran with it. I appreciate that, you know. It's a uh, it's it's good to have you in the studio. You today. call that a knife? <laughs> <laughs> look uh i'm get not your, gonna get my it. and get my bb <laughs> and go to the I,
0: I have very little respect for the people of australia it, it's like everything i hate about america just compounded you know, it's like just a bunch of crass rowdy
2: <laughs> i love australia uh, <laughs>
0: who love nothing more never been than, so I mean, you know
2: speak from pure ignorance but the never meme gonna of be. what uh, <laughs> the meme of what australia is i i very much enjoy um, it's like a
0: uh, it's like america it's like uh, every shitty thing america does they just went right
2: we'll top that uh <laughs> and they then they did <laughs> yeah well i uh uh yeah, I asked Cole to do that because there's I can't do an Aussie accent, very hard to do for me. I don't know what it is. Well,
0: uh, as any Australian will tell you, I can't either. Right, so. I'm sure.
2: Yeah, no, no, I I couldn't tell the difference. I I honestly I thought Ken Ham was in the studio uh, with us for a second there.
0: Well, I'm really looking forward to living in fear of Australians for the rest of my life. So I'm glad <laughs> that I could bring that to the show. But um for for anyone, yeah. So George, do you want to do you want to steal man? Uh his his argument?
2: Well, uh yeah, I mean that's kind of what I wanted to do in this thing, um, because creationism, of which Ken Ham is probably the most prominent one. That's why I had a quote from him lovingly read by Cole there, uh, is uh because like he's kind of the the person so if you don't know who he is, he's the guy that started the Creation Museum in Kentucky and then did the ARK experience, which I've been to. The ARK is not in uh, Armenia, but it's actually right here in the United States, in Kentucky. You can go, you can go there, and you can see it. Um, and I think this is a really interesting thing to talk about because, like, I think this is something that even if like our, uh, anyone in our audience doesn't have a direct connection to it, it's something like everyone in our audience probably knows about because everyone knows about the like creationist debates and like teaching stuff in school and all that yeah. type of stuff, right? The crocodile. The Crocoduck, the, uh, the, uh, not, not a, uh, not Ken Ham, but another famous video, uh, the banana one, which I'm sure everyone's <laughs> aware of. Like the, maybe if you're not, it's, it's worth looking up. It's Kirk Cameron and an Australian guy. I can't remember who he is, but they basically use this a banana. This is a banana. But not- notice <laughs>
1: that just, just as the manufacturer of the colas have put a tab on the cola so you can easily drink it. God has put here a tab on the end of the banana, <laughs> now, look how the banana just points subtly towards the mouth as if it longs to be eaten.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think like they, it's like the banana is the atheist nightmare or something like that. The banana that. is the atheist
1: nightmare. No, no, he goes, behold, the atheist nightmare. The, the banana. banana. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so anyway, like it's really, really easy. It's really easy because we all do it, I do it, to make fun yeah. of creationists and stuff like that. Well, wait, I... really quickly before we leave that, yes. someone
0: yeah. at a convention, some atheist handed him a like non-genetically modified wild banana. Oh yeah. Which yeah. Just it looks horrifying, disgusting, and right. is like really difficult to eat. Yeah. Not really. He as just tasty. looks at him and goes. <laughs> yeah, he just looks at him and goes. What's well, this I've got here? And the guy's like, "It's it's a banana." He's like, "No, nah, it isn't." <laughs> Did not understand. Like, the...
2: yeah. Um, no, this is God's banana. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, really easy to make fun of. Like, and obviously, I think like the the butt of many a joke in the 2000s when it was like I believe it, at its height in popularity, or when the culture war was being lived again in the United States regarding these issues. Um, and online. Um, and of course what actually spurred Richard Dick Dawkins to become the, the big atheist that he was, it wasn't any like revelation he had. It's the fact that he, that people didn't believe in evolution that made him all hot and bothered. So it's like, what's it like? It's really interesting to think here because all of us have a relation to it. And I also want to tell like people maybe who are in communities or in circles where you don't interact with people who are creationists. Um, if you i've seen it happen before and it's wildly hilarious when you see someone who like thinks creationists are stupid run into one that's intelligent and it just melts their brains because it's like very yeah. easy to like think of them as being stupid but i went to some at seminary um with me at seminary and they're like now at yale and columbia and so they're all over the place they're they're not as uh you may be as unrefined as some others, but they're there. And it's like, important no, we're not talking about, about a bunch
0: of Australians here. No, no yeah. we're they're talking not. about
2: Americans, Australians, but not as bad. So, um, so it's just interesting. So I went to the Ark Experience, which is that massive ark that Ken Ham's uh, Answers in Genesis thing built. And you can see my full video on it on my church's YouTube channel. You guys have to Google this place. It's insane. Yeah, it's really interesting to look at. And uh, it's attached to the Genesis or the the Creation Museum, um, which is, I think, like 20 minutes away from the Ark or something like that. But it regar- like it, it regardless, it's just a really fascinating introspection and, like, look into this certain part of American religion. Um, but it basically, the way that you can steel man it, interestingly enough, is – is you, I really I would find it very hard to steal man it from a scientific perspective. So the, the reason that is, is because the way that they use science is very different. And the reason they do that is because of the thing that's actually at stake for the people in the conversation. Um, and so I can just explain what I remember. Basically, the creationist argument when it comes to the arc which is a, as a literal event that happened, you know, uh, so many thousand years ago, is, is that it's a, you know, um, that God created, you know, in six days, seventh day rested, and then he was going to punish the earth because it was wicked, and he uh let noah build the ark and put the animals on the ark and the animals get off and it's not every animal it's it's kinds which is like the ape kind so there's only one ape um type family there right there's only one type of these things and they had dinosaurs on the ark as well that's something that they believe um so the joke about dinosaurs missing the ark that's not what Ken and, and most creationists believe they actually believe dinosaurs were, were on the ark um and that, that, that rapid evolution happened after the Ark. So interestingly enough, they use evolution. They just think that it was this rapid process, not this process that took millions and millions of years. And they believe that right. carbon dating is not very accurate. And they give examples of that, or they, tr- they attempt to give examples of that. Um, I honestly think the best argument for the Ark is actually the folklore argument, or the flood, which is the one that says, like, why do all these cultures have this story about the world flooding. Um, Yeah. From all these different places. So we know they're not, you know, being read into by each other. And it's like, actually, that's an interesting thing to think about. We should think about that. Um, You know, there might be other explanations for that. I'm just saying that that's, that was the one that I found the most convincing. Um, But anyway, that's the best way I can explain it. But what's the easiest way to, to show the interestingness of the, uh, the intensity or, Kind of what's really interesting about this argument is to help people understand that creationists and the people that they argue against scientists whatever argue about two separate things completely so they may have a debate like ken ham did at the ark with bill nye the science guy where they say we're going to debate evolution creation in the ark whether or not it happened and so bill nye shows up and then he goes oh, like, this is the scientific data, this is this, this is that. And then uh, Ken Ham stands up and he goes, well, where'd you find any of that in the Bible? And Bill Nye's like, <laughs> well, I didn't look at the Bible. And then it's an argument about what the Bible has to say about it. And that's actually what's at stake is, and this is why Cole entitled the episode No Ark, No God, is that, like, in... In Ken Ham's world, in that quote that you read at the beginning there, you see that everything kind of rests on a very literal reading of Genesis. And if any part of the Bible is deemed wrong or insufficient, then the whole thing crumbles. Um, so it's a very like literalistic reading of the Bible. And that's actually what's at stake for creationists. It's actually not yeah. arguing about carbon dating and all these other types of things it's arguing about how the fact that the bible is an infallible inerrant book that's what's at stake and and an atheist or a scientist shows up and they go well look at the data and they're like we don't ca- like hmm. we care about whether or not the bible is a th- is is a inspired document or not and that's that's the argument and that's why i like every time these conversations break out no one understands what the hell anyone is talking about and why it's so easy to make fun yeah. of like cause and you, the evolutionists, you might not know this, uh, of which I am one. I would say I believe in evolution, obviously a God, but, but still <laughs> I believe in it, uh, but they have jokes and inside circle jokes about evolutionists as well. And they're just a small group of the population. So we don't see them pop up on our feeds as much, but if you like end up in groups, They'll, like, have these memes where it's like, oh, and here's the here's the missing link or whatever, and there is none, right? They'll, like, make jokes like that mm. and show how science is faulty or something like that. So they think you're just as ridiculous as you think they are, which is always uh, funny to, to, to discover. Um, and so I think it's worth thinking about this because it's something that we can really, like, use as a pinpoint to show how... One, how some Christians can maybe rest themselves on misunderstandings of how the Bible can be used, but also how many times when people who are secular and people who are religious end up in debate or conversation, they just completely fly past each other while yelling and being in a debate with one another, while not actually talking about whatever issues is really at stake below the surface. Uh, I, I mean, I I love how he says
0: this is historically the biblically orthodox faith of the church. Yeah. Um, yeah, orthodoxy has never believed in like, I, I mean, like there are plenty of orthodox Christians that believe like that it was a literal flood. Sure. Um, but the orthodox church itself is like agnostic as to whether or not. Uh, Noah's Ark, the story, is literal, you know? Sure. Um, Armenians tend to cling to it very literally because Armenians have, like, our own creation myth that we are the direct descendants of Noah mm-hmm. because the Ark is said to have landed on Mount Ararat, which is, like, central to Armenian culture throughout history. Right, it's like the Olympus of Armenia. Exactly, so... You know, and then the first thing that Noah did was apparently he planted grapevines. so and Armenians have always been really into like wine and viticulture. So it just you know follows naturally. But um look, personally, like okay, so so we've established that this kind of the important stuff here is that they're looking at this as a defense of literal interpretation of the entire Bible. Um, which I hear people say this a lot and they're like, Yeah, but Cole, you're like a fundamentalist. You like believe all this stuff literally that's in there, and that's not you know, that's wacky or like you're extreme. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I mean neither of us are actually full on biblical literalists when it comes to the whole thing. Like we believe as like most people in, in our respective denominations believe that some parts of the Bible should be read literally, right? And some are meant to be interpreted symbolically. And that this is one of those stories that is most important symbolically. So, and when uh, an Orthodox priest was asked about this, it's funny because they love reframing. Like you ask an Orthodox priest a question and like, oh, like, like, the, what about the procession of the Holy Spirit? And they're like, well, like, who says the Holy Spirit proceeds? And then they go on this whole other direction where you're like, well, well hold on, that's not the question that I... <laughs> gotcha. Know. But they've just, like, reframed it
2: completely. The rabbis but when of you, Christian clergy.
0: They right. really are, yeah, in, in many ways. <laughs> um, they're, yeah, many ways that they're rabbi-like. Um, but the way that they respond to this is that, like, well, the important thing about the Ark uh, is that we view it Christocentrically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'm sure you've like heard this, right? So um, here I'll I'll read a little uh, quote here. Fundamentalists and others who insist in the teeth of all of the evidence in reading the Genesis flood narrative as an inerrant historical record are strangely enough guilty of de-scripturizing the narrative. What they see as inerrant is not the logos of Christ, in this case, speaking through the text, but what they believe to be the reporting of a mighty work of God. Rather than the Holy Spirit infusing the word into a humanly composed narrative, on this view, divine inspiration operates to prevent any error in the reporting of what is asserted to be an actual historical event directly performed by God. The result is not only that literalists frequently find themselves at odds with archaeological historical and scientific evidence not to mention common sense that's a little harsh <laughs> but that they frequently miss the real theological or spiritual meanings of bib- biblical narratives entirely right so and i think like there's not much for you to disagree with there either am i am i wrong
2: yeah i mean like talking with people who like, are like this they'll admit that there are christ parallels to things i mean the ark was one of the earliest example, like examples of Christian iconography, like in the ancient world. Lots of Christians used it as a symbol right. for Jesus. Same thing with Jonah and the whale: the idea that, like, you're dead, but then you're alive again. Kind of easily, Christ is the is the ark, and we're on it.
0: And it's it's
2: a you know, whole the whole thing can be viewed as a
0: massive narrative for baptism. Right. Yeah. This goes all the because way back the to the world origin. is baptized. Now it's basically. Andrea. So yeah, yeah. So so the yeah. few things that are good. Are saved and grow, and then the rest is dead. Right. Right. And is washed away by cleansing waters. I mean, so there's a lot going on there. Um, but yeah, like uh, they, they do underemphasize that stuff because they're doing so much mental gymnastics in order to justify their position.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I interestingly enough, As you pointed this out, like Ken Ham ends that by saying this is the biblically orthodox faith of the church, which it's I would agree with Cole. This is not like this is something that is more recent. And you can tell that because they use the same type of argumentation that their opponents use, even though they're arguing about two separate types of things. It's actually very post enlightenment because it's just as concerned with like truth statements in the terms of data and research as its opponents but not in the way that like truth would have been recognized or seen in the in the pre Enlightenment era, during the Reformation, during the Middle Ages, during the classical period. So it's really interesting to see that that there are like actually two sides of the same coin. Bill Nye and, and Ken Ham, or Richard Dawkins mm-hmm. and Ken Ham, but they're, they they would never see themselves as, as being so so related. But it but it is there. It, it's, it's funny really how the
0: enemies we choose end up defining
2: us. Yes. Really. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Something we should be very careful of.
2: Yeah, you know? and it's also to say that the Enlightenment was a mistake. France needs to repent, and we all need a... <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that I found interesting at the Ark, and you can, like again, if you want to, check out my YouTube video on it, but... Um, the Ark Encounter. The Ark Encounter. Yeah. he's talking about, yeah. Yeah, uh, is how diverse it was, because I saw... Uh, like, and normally, you know, as Americans, every time we think diversity, we just think race, which was a hundred percent true there. So this is the middle of Kentucky. And I imagine if we were to imagine what Kentucky looks like racially, like we mostly think that it's white people, right? With that. And that's true. Um, with a substantial black population as well. But like this, this arc encounter, this arc experience was like the, one of the most diverse places I've ever been, like colleges, boarding schools, private schools would kill to have any picture of a group of people from this place on the front of their magazine (laughs) and actually be the real makeup of their school and not like something that's staged because uh your first year in this parking lot and there's cars from like every state in the united states and canada that are there even hawaii i saw hawaii which means that like someone sent their car over probably doing a massive road trip or something but so I, everyone from the United States is there. So you got a lot of diversity already in that. And then you go in and you actually see lots of different Christian denominations represented and ones that you might not expect. So you would probably expect you know, white evangelical or whatever. But then, of course, you see lots of black Protestants and Hispanic uh, Protestants as well and, uh, and Hispanic Catholics and Amish and Eastern Orthodox I saw as well when I was there. Oh, really? Eastern Orthodox priest is there. Yes. So it's just very, and now he might've just been there as a curiosity. You don't know why people are there, but it's, uh, it was just very, well, like interesting. I said, I mean, the church is agnostic yeah. to it. I mean, there right. are
0: many right. Orthodox Christians and priests that do believe it. Literally. They just don't believe that it happened 6,000 years ago necessarily, or yeah, sure.
2: They sure. generally don't believe it was the entire world either. Gotcha. That's a very
0: important distinction.
2: Sure. Yeah. But it, it's just really interesting to see to see that and uh, to, to know that this is a belief that's not as geographically located as we might think it, it is. But, but it was just it, – it's just uh, – I don't know. It's so fascinating to me as like an experience of American religion. Like I, I would rate my experience at the Ark Encounter like an 8 out of 10 because I was just like nerding out the whole time even though I didn't believe in anything that was there um almost anything and i was just like wow this is like i could write a sociological paper on this it's just so oh classic. george did an amazing
0: youtube video on this um yeah the youtube channel is what community presbyterian church of edison yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. you guys should check that uh video out if you're interested uh, yeah because he did a very thorough rundown of the ark encounter
2: and he includes his own photos which is yeah. fun yeah yeah so you can see uh you can see some of what it looks like um and it was just i don't know i i think though just to get to kind of the point of like why talk about this is just that the the arc or like the genesis narratives genesis 1 through 11 which is the one that's that that's really at the heart of debate like no like everyone believes basically from abraham onwards that that's history and. There's a lot of reason for, for that mm-hmm. distinction. But like all, the, the reason that it's there is really because we're all kind of trapped in a, in a cultural battle. Um, and what Ken Ham will point out a lot is that he'll first start talking about how corrupt the world has become because we've accepted evolutionary theory and things like that. And you can see how that easily translates itself into culture war stuff and how these issues go from just being something you know which is important to talk about which is biblical authority it just goes from something like that to like now it's all politics (laughs) you know summed up in there um yeah and so it's really interesting to see how these two things usually run tandem um with one another and i think his opponents do very much the same thing if there's a takeaway from this it's to
0: choose your enemies and choose your battles Very, very carefully and do so under constant repentance and prayer. Yeah. Because the battles that you take on and the enemies that you choose to face will start to bleed off onto you. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, this applies to anything. And I mean, God help you if you enter the political sphere in any way, shape or form. Yeah, that is. I mean, to to emerge from that uncorrupted. I mean, I, hardly anyone has. So, Ron Paul. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's very rare. It's very rare to do that. So, um, yeah. I guess in, briefly in
2: closing, George, we could we should say like, what do you believe about Noah's Ark? So I, I mean, I take a poetic view of those first 11 chapters of Genesis mostly, um, as a, and I mean, I don't, I mean, I could, we could get really deep into it, but we don't have the time, but I would view, I would view Noah's Ark as mainly a, a story about like, like, what is the point of Noah's Ark? I always take this when I talk about these stories, like, what is the point of them? Is the point of them to actually tell us that this type of thing happened? Maybe, maybe it is. But it really seems that other things that, that you know, the biblical author um, uh, was not very interested in the details that we are interested in when it comes to these types of stories. But instead is like uh, – and, you know, some people will be like, oh, they're just myths to tell you how the rainbow was invented. That's also not what the story is about, <laughs> but though the right, rainbow clearly. is the important part of it. Um which is that God makes a covenant with with Noah and with the people and God also judges wickedness. And I think that that's like a really important thing. One of the best rooms in the ark encounter itself actually is this room that they have off to the side which is aimed at uh, dispelling the myth that a lot of kids are told about Noah's Ark. And so they have a room that's filled with story Bibles and stuff like that. And if you grew up in a Christian home or even if you didn't, like this is something like grandparents buy their kids a lot and like Noah's Ark and Jonah and the whale are like popular gifts for kids, even if they're not in Christian stuff. Cause they're fun stories with animals is that like, we end up turning them into stories about animals and stuff like that. Hmm. But really the, the story of the Ark is about judgment and that like, Human, humanity was wicked, and, like, as uh, uh, Cole has pointed out before, I think, on the program, or at least in private conversation with me, there's this line that says there's, like, no one upon the earth that did good, right, besides Noah. Like, Noah is the only righteous man, and God's God punishes that wickedness, um, which is why, right. like, Christians really honed in on that Christocentric reading of this is that, like, even though, like, God holds people in righteous judgment, he still saves some Um out of his lap. Absolutely. His. And, and, so and I think when that's when
0: people it. say God's judgment in this case is harsh, okay, I'm going to read uh Genesis 6 verse 5 through 7 right now from the
2: Ark Encounter website. That's right. They have a very lovely They do. Uh, Wonderful production. It's Disneyland yeah. tier production, I will say. You will you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Uh
0: so, the Lord saw how utterly wicked people on earth had become. Every thought was only evil all of the time so god said i will destroy from the earth the people i have created and with them the animals birds and creeping things so um i want to really drive that home okay every thought was only evil all the time that's how bad it has to get for god to be this drastic (laughs) yeah right okay so when people are like it's so mean he kills all these people i'm like okay these are not people like you know okay do you know how depraved someone would have to be for every single thought they have to be only evil constantly (laughs) right right kind of the point of the
2: the end the end cap of it which is the rainbow the covenant that god won't do it again is that god shows mercy even now right when he could judge right. us he says he uh, well, won't right so it's that's yeah. that's the type of things that are usually honed on in when you actually look at these stories and you go do a bible study and stuff like a lot of people aren't going to be debating about it like you look at it and you're like what is this trying to say now to us and these are the type of things that people hone in on it's not actually debating about the historicity of it or whatever so absolutely yeah. Absolutely. So I mean, there's so much beauty important. to take
0: away from the arc. And we will, of course, revisit it on the show. Um, mm-hmm. just to, to dive into the story itself. I mean, yeah. Now, now I personally believe that it, it that in the ancient world, right, the way people refer to like a world event can sometimes be an event that's like only concerns like let's say, I don't know. Anatolia
1: mm-hmm. or
0: something. And in these ancient writings, will be like, it was a world war or something. Right. And you're like, well, hold on. is a world war. It's like, all these events are just happening in like Anatolia and the Middle East. What's going on here? But that was the world. So the idea of like a world flood happening, um, like George alluded to earlier, I mean, every single major religion in the world pretty much has a flood myth. Um, and we know that like following ice ages there were like whole regions that had catastrophic floods that you know sh- shaped the landscape dramatically uh, in a very short period of time so did civilization ending floods happen across human history like must have you know Did the entire globe flood at any point in time? No. (laughs) Not as far as we know, right? Um, But, uh, so I view it as a mix of, I guess, inspired by real events, but meant primarily to be understood as symbolic literature and biblical poetry. So, yeah. I wouldn't be, like, it, it... it wouldn't really change my faith either way, honestly. If if it was demonstrated to me that like this was a literal event, or if mm-hmm. if you know it was demonstrated to me through divine intervention somehow that it was not it is not meant to be understood literally, it really wouldn't affect my relationship with God uh, or how I practice my faith. So you know, it's it's an incredible story. It's great, but. Yeah, sort of leave that yeah, to no, other same, people to argue. Yeah, same Those thing. Those aren't battles I want to pick. Those aren't enemies I want to pick. Honestly. Sure, yeah. The enemy that I have picked on this episode is the people of Australia.
2: Yes, which is so. quite a battle to fight. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, good thing we don't have any listeners there.
2: <laughs> Not yet.
0: I'd love. I'd love to get voice message hate mail through Spotify. Oh,
2: yeah. they'd be so good. <laughs> oh,
0: let me tell you something about you mate you think you're so fucking wise <laughs> yeah just telling me my Australian accent is is dog shit and uh... <laughs> bring it on Australia okay um,
1: should we uh, should we do a question
0: yeah let's do a question all right let's do questions let's see if I can hit the right button this time uh, let's see Bible's coming alive to me I just can't get enough of it. <laughs> All right. Hold on. What, it hey, sounded like
1: the rantings of someone Who was either a hate monger Or a religious zealot And I'm wondering which are you
0: Alright No that's not it
1: Whew. Okay. I want to okay. ask you a
0: bunch of questions And I want to have them answered immediately
1: You got Q's I got A's Can I ask you
2: something? Yeah sure
0: Uh, our ch- a question today comes from a 12 uh, year old child who does not listen to the podcast. Correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who doesn't even Who doesn't even listen to the show? So I'm <laughs> I'm not really even sure why we're giving this person the time of day. But um, he writes on. Uh, he, he wrote this with a, a pencil. Uh, here we go can the second coming hurt and why would god kill life it's actually very topical well with the ark with, arc. with the ark george ken yes. let's start with the number 1 okay can the second coming hurt depends <laughs> <laughs> Can can the second coming hurt? All right, listen. All right. Real talk, and <laughs> this isn't really of- the type of question that a 12-year-old should get the answer to. Right. But if you try to do a second coming too close to the first coming, yes, it can hurt.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Okay.
2: This is the moment you so use so just that take your sound time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's when you might need to see a doctor, you know. See, see a urologist. You don't want to do a second coming too close to the first coming, no matter how excited you kooky kids are. Mm. So, so thank George, you, Cole. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> but can't so when Christ comes again, will it <laughs> will it hurt?
2: I mean well, <laughs> well Well, uh my answer was I guess uh a more serious one, which is that, yeah, it depends. And it, it depends, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, the 12 year old's understanding of the second coming, but the idea here, what I'm getting at here assume it's limited. Yeah, I'd assume Just so. For as argument's well. sake. So that Jesus returns, right? And then people are judged, and people are either deemed righteous, and, uh, you know, their name is written in the book of life. Or they're not, and then they're tossed into eternal flame. And in that sense, yeah, it can hurt. <laughs> but it depends. It depends. That's why I couched it, you see. Cause it, it might not. It really depends. Okay. So what if what if
0: Christ comes again and then I was an atheist? Let's say Christ came, you know, a few years ago when I was an atheist, right? Right. And then I'm like, oh no, I believe now, I believe. Do I still have to like, you know
2: hang Well out interestingly with enough interestingly enough in Revelation, I, I you know, I didn't I didn't prep for this question, to be honest with you, so I don't know the offhand, but in, in interestingly in Revelation, like people don't believe. Even when the world is like shattering and there's like battles going on, there're still people that don't believe in in christ and things like that and you can see this like in matthew as well where he resurrects and he's teaching people and then it says still some doubted so there will be people whose hearts will be hardened until the very end like that seems to be the case so if my Mm. guess just and i I mean i don't want to risk the wrath and thomas wong or any anyone else (laughs) listening to this but my guess would be is if you had genuine faith as the apocalypse was happening then yeah you'd be good but there are gonna be people who, who are don't who don't. And like if you've been in this business long enough, like you you've seen kind of like miraculous things happen to people and then be like, eh, whatever. It's just this. Oh dude. Yeah. It's
0: nutty. <laughs> like yeah. a deal where they're like had way bigger like acts of God in their lives than the one that made me convert instantaneously, and they're like, but who knows? And I'm like, bruh, like I wish Christ appeared to me that That hasn't happened yet. I'm still all in. Um, Do
2: you want to quickly tell that gasoline story? Uh, I can, although the person who, who had experienced it might be listening to the podcast. I'm not really, sure, but yeah, but can yeah. you just not use names and I cannot use names. Yeah. I'll just transmit this story the way it was transmitted to me. So the person who okay. told me didn't, didn't tell me this directly, but it was given to me by someone who I trust greatly and knows this person and communicated this. So essentially this person was driving in the desert of California. So, SoCal, and it, as many of you people who've driven this part of the world, like my dad actually got stuck on this same highway, but there's a there's a stretch where you don't see a gas station for miles, like tens of miles, maybe even a hundred miles, I can't remember. And so this guy was driving his car and uh, a certain type of fluid ran out in it and his car like broke down at the side of the road, right? Not like irreparable, but wouldn't move. And so he's stuck in the middle of the desert, nothing is going on. And then all of a sudden a pickup truck like is coming down the highway, stops, the guy gets out of the car and says, this is, uh, God told me to come help you and uh, to bring this to you. And he brings a very certain type of oil that this car required to get it fixed. And so the person got it fixed, drove away, and was just like, yeah, that was an interesting experience and never thought about it. As far as I know, as far as well, the way we communicate, never thought about it ever again. And it's just very oh, interesting. Man. Like, cause obviously as a religious person, you're like, what? <laughs> but like, that's just the case with people. And I, I see yeah. that like, you know, all the time. Um, and, uh, it's just interesting to, to see that. And then some people end up coming to faith later and it'll be something much more minor. So it's just very interesting to think yeah. about. If that's um, you and that's your story and I just misrepresented it. Blame
0: your friend, not Dude, me. Dude, you're not the first person to be misrepresented by this podcast. Okay, cry me a
2: fucking river. <laughs> yeah, you know? I think Thomas Wong's actually at the top of the list. <laughs> yeah,
0: Thomas Wong's like, He's like I I you not told everyone's
2: deviant. Uh, yeah. You told everyone I like Ted Tie on the first episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever, T Wong. Um Yeah, look, I mean I, I say it all the time, but I mean And actually, someone uh, called me out for this earlier this week. They were like, you know, you're always saying, like, oh, you guys just, like, you know, give God a shot and, like, invite him into your life. But it's not like that was your Christian journey. You didn't just, like, say, oh, God, like, you know, let's go. And then he just, like, starts... Like, you, like, sought God, you know, intensely and, like, worked to... worked on yourself and did all this stuff. And I was like, that is true. Like, I was willing to sacrifice anything in my life and sacrificed many things in my life to like come to know God. So I think what keeps us from jumping and making that leap is like a fear of losing what we have, a fear of losing ourselves and it makes it so that we don't we might say okay like I want a relationship with God but we we're never able to really leap and and throw ourselves at his mercy and into his arms. Mm. And so when I hear stories like this I'm like yeah the person I guess they just weren't they just weren't ready. But if you're listening to this and you're on the fence I know it's really scary I know this is insane. This whole process is insane. There's so much to question about Christianity, about Scripture, about the Church. Um, but it will be the most incredible and rewarding journey that you ever take. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, don't would like? Wouldn't it be cool to have a personal relationship with the Creator of the
2: universe? I mean. I mean... We're getting massive youth pastor vibes of love right? it. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, what you know else are we going to do? You know what I was just thinking about earlier this week, strumming your guitar? Just how radical God is, guys. How much radical... How radically <laughs> he loves you. Isn't that just amazing? I'm not a youth pastor, okay? I'm saying you're giving off vibes like youth pastor. Oh, man. I mean, oh, I... I might, I, be. I do youth I might be slowly it's becoming...
0: A, I might be slowly becoming a youth pastor. No, but I mean... <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but I mean, like, Throw in <laughs> with the Lord.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All All right, can we, we just answer the second part of this kid's question? We answered the first no, part. No, no, George. No, The second part on. was like, why does God kill living things or something like that? Is that what he said? Kill why life? would God kill life?
0: <laughs> so the second coming will hurt if you're not of faith. We've
2: determined that. Yes. But yeah, like why would God kill life? George Well, I'll do this because we're coming near the end of our time together and as quick as I can. Well, God meets out justice. Justice comes through the Bible through uh, many different ways, but through sometimes through capital punishment or through justice in that sense. And so God brings His wrath down on people and kills them, right. But actually, funnily enough, no life is ever permanently destroyed um, in the Bible uh like you might die in the you know as us D nerds would say the material plane uh but you uh you like aren't dead forever like you also all the, the dead are all the dead are raised and judged at the end times so like you're actually just alive forever as well just not in a in a great place so interestingly enough uh he never permanently kills life at least in the christian sense of it obviously in the materialist grace yeah he does but listen we're not gonna really send that
0: this episode to that 12 year old um i just want to i just want to point that out but uh look yeah thanks for listening uh embrace embrace just embrace christ yeah can you just embrace will you just give him a go give him a go give it a go what do you got to lose
2: set yourself on fire (laughs) you know Jump in. Anyway. Yeah. Let's all um, let's all sing mighty God together now. How about we do no, that? No, I Chase? mean,
1: like, why not,
2: right? <laughs> like what if
0: <laughs> what if we're right? You just give it a go. It'll be fun. You'll meet interesting folk. And then if it turns out we're not right, then you know, you know. At that point. Yeah. So Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um I didn't get to say it in earnest earlier, but yeah, during this Memorial Day, please pray for the families of those who have lost loved ones in war. Uh, pray for their souls, although I guess as a Presbyterian, George doesn't believe you can do that. Um, and remember, you know, how do I say this without being too much of an Because let's not send more people to die in wars. Thank you. <laughs> for listening to cool kids bible study podcast if you enjoy this episode uh give us a give us a positive review pass us along to your friends most importantly uh you know just give yourself to Christ come on right am i right george <laughs> you're so right Cole. you're so I'm, right Let's... I'm I'm can i tell you i'm usually right yeah yeah it's all thanks to god though uh <laughs> Come on, we're almost at a minute and five, and there it is. George, do you have anything else to say? See you around, cool kids. All right, cheerio. <laughs>